Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, personal development educator and NLP trainer here, and welcome to episode 113 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast intended to help us have better quality business and personal relationships. Um, So welcome to today's episode. Episode 113 is entitled Power Dynamics in Relationship part two. Um, When I recorded episode 112, I hadn't actually intended to necessarily do a second episode straight away, but um, as I was processing the episode, I thought, no, there's a little bit more I want to kind of say about power dynamics in relationships. So uh, again, just to quickly kind of um, uh, review slightly in a sense, I guess, um, when we talk about power dynamics in relationship. What I'm referring to in this episode is when the base of our relationship is fairly functional and fairly healthy. So we're talking about, you know, standard, whatever that means, relationships. Um, We're not talking about a a toxic dynamic where you're living in fear and you've got someone who has no intention of, of breaking um, the dynamic is very, very fixed. Uh, everything that our partner does, we, we, you know, we've got a degree of fear around our partner and everything our, our partner does has an undercurrent of power and control and everything on their own terms. You know, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a couple who, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay to, I'm, I'm okay to compromise. I have a genuine intent for as equal a relationship as we can create. Um, And it's an interesting thing, kind of a quality in relationship, because part of, uh, to me, a quality in relationship is is that from time to time, that means we're comfortable moving between a leader and a follower dynamic, because there's certain areas in relationship and in life where my partner is going to know more than me. So it would only make sense when we come to those key decision points that the person who's most competent would make the decisions there. But if we get to a place where only one of us seems to have the um, the final say, um, and you know, I'm getting to a point where I'm feeling consistently ignored and frustrated, then wow, that's a dangerous place to be. And people will only tolerate that for so long. So, um, if, if you're the kind of person who takes pride in, in having the final say in your relationship all the time, I would, you know, I couldn't encourage you more strongly to watch out if you kind of want to keep your partner around long term, because, if I'm consistently ignored, if I'm consistently feel I'm undervalued in my relationship, then why would I stay? And some of the red flags are that, you know, it's got to the point where in order to grab your attention, I have to absolutely lose my, you know, my shit, so to speak. I get hyper frustrated. I start yelling and screaming. And, and you know, how, how do we get to the point where you have to do that in order for me to stop and hear? Um, or for me to recognize that this is something that's important to you. So again, this requires a bit of attunement that we start to get a bit more sensitive to our partner's cues. um, And we're checking in more and more often around, you know, I like the idea of, um, uh, you know, in business, we meet regularly. We meet regularly to talk about, you know, what's going on in the business 
how are we progressing, where are the things that are working well, where are the things that aren't, and how do we optimize the profitability and the success of the business going forward. And I think with the, the pressure of modern relationships and how many variant kind of choices there are and the kind of relationship that you can create, whilst that is great, it, it also can be very problematic because, um, you know, we have to work out what works for us without necessarily, yes, we can cherry pick off things that we've seen in other relationships that we like, um, such as, you know, I really like the way that couple feel very safe to speak their mind to each other, um, or I like the way that that couple is still hyper playful, you know, um, I like that, the way that these two seem to prioritize each other or present a good united public face. Um, you know, um, and they've got good boundaries about what's private to the couple and what can be shared publicly. There's all these kinds of ways in which, in which when we're looking around at, you know, for resource and insight into how to um, help our relationship along and help it to stay fresh and stable, um, you know, let, let, you know, that, and, and that's where it becomes, th these become very, I think, valuable um, discussions to have as a couple that we're meet, we're having these little meetings from time to time to talk about, you know, we're, we're looking at our relationship, not just being in our relationship. Um, because like I said, there's just too much complexity in the world, too much external pressure, too many things that can distract us without us realizing that over time we're spending less and less quality time together. And then all of a sudden, things deteriorate and we're into panic mode trying to fix things up and, and half the time um, we, we may have left it too late. So we don't want to get to a point where we, where we, where we kind of do that. Um, so we're understanding that in, in healthy relationships, healthy relationships mean that from time to time we're still going to get on each other's nerves, from time to time we are going to argue, from time to time we are going to get into little tussles about who gets their way. Um, and that's perfectly okay, provided we've got a method for how to get through those things. So we've got good fight form, we've got good disagreement form, um, and we can see the value in each other's, you know, my partner's different to me, but here's how that's a good thing. You know, that becomes so important that we can, we can see the merit and the value, and there's a degree of admiration and a recognition of the value of, of just how important my partner's differences are and just how much value they bring to our relationship. Um, because once we start to lose sight on, of that and I, and I can only see what my partner does wrong now and I'm minimizing what they do right, then that's a very, very slippery slope to, to, to get down. Um, so that one of the things that we're kind of looking at, um, you know, yes, where are our friction points? You know, are we, are we sharing well enough? Um, key decision-making. Are we sharing well enough what happens to our money and how we use that? Are we sharing well enough um, the degree of kind of um, sexual and emotional openness that we have in the relationship? You, you know, the, that in the, all of these instances, there's not one person who's always doing the chasing. There's not one person who's always doing the asking. There's not one person that always seems to be... Um, the guardian of the health of the relationship, you know, that we're sharing the load on those kinds of things and that we're getting better. And that's not to say that we're going to get to a beautiful balanced 50-50 or that we need to. That's that's not going to work. 
um, in, in most instances. It's finding out where our comfortable range works, you know, because some people grew up in a background of more emotional openness and that's very easy and, uh, for them to do and it's very comfortable for them to do. Others, it's very unfamiliar and it's going to take time. So if we're setting a precedence to hit a slightly more balanced range within our relationship, we're also making sure that we're not setting unrealistic timeframes around that. That, you know, this might take us a year or two to really get this to where we want it to be, but I'm committed to the to us. I'm committed to, um, you, you know, how this works for us. And if you want a little bit more on, on those kinds of things, then if you haven't already, I'd certainly encourage you to have a listen to episode 112 on, on some of those uh, key areas where power imbalances play out. But what I was also very interested in, and this is where the kind of the idea for the second episode came, was um, when we're approaching these kinds of key areas of discussion, um, I'm, I'm also, you know, and, and when I'm kind of potentially looking at my frustration points regarding my partner, that I'm really having some level of awareness of where does that come from? Is all of my reaction about the behaviours I'm seeing now or is part of my emotional load on this about what's happened to me before Um my uh before this relationship so it's not all about my partner it's actually loaded up with the behavior of past partners or my one of you know my parents you know somebody your partner talks in a very kind of terse way or dismissive it, it's the tone that you know look i'm just trying to i'm just trying to work through this you know and uh, but the tone reminds you of how your father used to talk to you or how your mother used to talk to you so that the response is not clean and pertinent to the moment it's loaded up with the past or you know i get hyper frustrated when you forget things because you know my ex um my ex used to do that too and then that made me feel stunningly dismissed you know so that what we can inadvertently do and bring into our present discussions is too much past loading and we're placing past meaning on present experience and that may have some degree of relevance and it also may have nothing to do with it so that's where it's a little bit of a gray area and that's where the self-awareness and sometimes being okay to sit in a bit of open consideration around this but getting some insight to go you know is my reaction of irritation right now to what i'm seeing is that all about this um, or am I bringing in unresolved stuff from past relationships? But also I'm asking myself, well, when I see this behavior, how am I interpreting it? What does it mean to me? It means my partner doesn't respect me. That's, that's the interpretation. That's the attachment that I'm placing and the story I'm placing on the behavior. You know, um, my, my partner doesn't um, initiate enough conversation. Um, that means they don't love me. Um, now, we don't know what that means for them. You know, and again, if we're only implying our own interpretation our, and our set of beliefs, then we might already be starting to respond. You know, I've made up the fact that my partner doesn't talk to me enough um, as, a, as a sign that they don't care. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to punish my partner w without necessarily testing my hypothesis. 
because it might be that my partner grew up in an environment where they didn't talk much um, and it's just habituation for them. It's, 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 um, it, it's just what we did or they're a personality type that tends to sit on things a little bit more. Now, again, we, we can't, oh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, you know, we never talked about stuff much in our relationships. Well, that's okay, but this is a new relationship and you, you, you might now have to start changing your way a bit because we're in a, metaphorically, we're creating a different, you know, experience to where you've come from before. So, but again, it helps when, when we've got, you know, we're aware of, is my interpretation of the experience getting in my way of having a more healthy relationship, of getting to a more effective place of compromise, um, or is the story I'm carrying about the behaviours I'm seeing actually getting in the way? Because, you know, my partner not speaking to me, it might cause me some pain, but my thinking about my partner not speaking to me and the stories I'm making up about that, guaranteed that's causing me pain. So... Um, how do I get as clear as possible about what's driving me emotionally? Um, and we might need to do that first before we come to a place uh, of discussion. Because if I've already got an unchecked out story running in my mind, and that you know, and that means I'm already angry and frustrated and furious at my partner when I haven't even checked out, you know, the, the validity of that story, um, or I'm sharing that. Look, you know, in the past, I used to have a partner that ignored me a lot. Um, and they were very dismissive, and that made me feel really angry, frustrated, and hurt. So when you do the same thing, that's what I think is happening here now. Um, and we might find that, like I said, it, it might just be lack of awareness, and the person goes, well, I'm so sorry, and it's okay. Just let, let me know if that's happening, and we can sit and talk. So we're giving people a chance, and we're even giving ourselves a chance, ironically, <laughs> because if you've already got a pre-made story, you're not giving yourself a chance, let alone the other person. Because you're already convinced of what the truth is before you've even checked. So that can really get in the way. Um, and, and we, you know, oh, my partner's sabotaging our relationship. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, it, it's all one way or the other. But first I have to look at how might I be getting in the way? How might I be creating extra friction and distance in the relationship um, by the stories that I'm making up about what I'm seeing um, so, you know, I'm my first interpretation is to interpret your set of behaviours through what I've seen in the past. And again, sometimes that might be relevant too. Um, we're not we're not baby out with the bathwater, but we've just got to be careful about how that might influence us. You know, if we're sitting with our emotions and we're getting some clarity around, you know, is this all about what's going on right now? Or is part of this about issues I've got that I haven't resolved from the past? Um, you know, if I can sort of give you a, a bit more of a general example, but at the moment as I'm recording this episode, we're in the COVID-19 kind of scenario. Um, and uh, where I am in Australia at the moment, we're in, I think it's called shutdown, not lockdown yet. You know, it's it's sort of coming towards the end of March 2020. And, um, you know, part of my... When I go into anxiety around this experience, because um, I tend to have moments of optimism and then I go into anxiety, but I know that largely that anxiety, because because I'm I'm my situation is 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 fine. I'm going to be fine. Mo like most people, it's a challenge, but I'm going to be fine. But it's very interesting to me that this brings up for me an experience I had in 1990, 
1999 when I had a business that every day we weren't sure if the doors were going to stay open or not, um, you, you know, and it was it was a period of chronic anxiety and worry. And it's, it's interesting um, that how much of that old feeling is back when I go into moments of anxiety around, you know, COVID-19 and 2020. And I have to remind myself and separate the two and go through, a, you, you know, I have to address that there is unresolved grief from somewhere else and separate the two and, and whatever method you employ, whether that's a therapist or a bit of yoga or a bit of meditation um, and contemplation, however you want to kind of approach, if you sense that there's unresolved residue interfering with the present moment and clouding or over-activating the present moment. So it's challenging enough keeping in clarity, calm, and navigating the present dynamics um, without also being fueled up by old responses of the past. And that's the same too, that, you know, metaphorically we're staying in our relationship. We're not throwing in bombs from past relationships um, and loading everything up with the present challenges and ideas about past challenges and then trying to come to logical conclusions and, you know, navigating compromise going forward, um, which, as I say, could potentially be something that needs to be talked over over a period of time and complex enough without overloading it with emotions that don't belong in the paradigm. So how do we get as clear as we can before we have these discussions? How do we get on the front foot ideally and have these discussions, these discussions about friction points in relationship before we actually have to have them? So we've got a you know, couples that tend to do best are couples that have healthy fight form, have healthy discussion form, have healthy disagreement form. Um, so we've we, we've already got a, a blueprint for how we're going to do that and what the parameters and boundaries are for that. And like I said, that is something that works in healthy relationships with two people with an equal level of respect and willingness and compromise um, and, and a similar idea of what love means. Um, this is not advice... It's a whole different ball game when we're talking about um, abusive-based dynamics or being with in partnership with someone who's considerably personality disordered or trauma, you know, or or some uh, serious form of mental illness or trauma. That's a different ball game. This is, like I said, this is talking about um, uh, good enough coupling, good enough functioning, um, and a willingness to keep working on it, keep revisiting it, keep discussing it until we find those, you know compromise points and and whatever they look like for us but how, how, how are we going to know we're there well we feel good about it and 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 again that's where we can sometimes use our feelings as a kind of a compass if we look at certain areas of our relationship and they put a smile on our face and they bring to us delight and contentment great then maybe we just need to check in and see if there's anything that that we can do to you know to make sure that that keeps going um but those one or two areas that bring us a bit of stress and discomfort, all right, how might we have conversations around improving those areas um, to maximise the opportunity that we can really have a wondrous, long-term, ever-evolving, ever-growing uh, relationship with this person who's so special to me and I've chosen to share my life with. Um, so, you know, the main thing is um, get out ahead and know what it is that's emotionally driving you. What you know, where are your reactions coming from? And if they 
um, are from outside the relationship and from past experiences, then you need to uh, keep them out of your relationship and, and address them. Um, you know, because it's like, okay, there's some still some stuff unresolved from my past I need to look at. Righto, what's my method for that? And now that I've separated that, now how cleanly and clearly can I get into this discussion with my partner? And uh, we're coming out with a mutual intent that you know, as a couple, the relationship, once we move through these things, is as healthy or healthier than it's ever been. Um, so there we go. There's episode uh, 113. Um, uh, I hope you found it uh, of, of value, giving you some, some things to kind of think of and talk over and use and utilize in your relationship to have an even more harmonious and effective one. That's the intention here. Um, and again, as always, if you've been listening to um, the show uh, right the way through or for a long period of time, my profoundest gratitude to you. Thank you so much and really hope you've got some good resource out of the, the series because I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed um, uh, doing these. Um, and if you just joined us uh, on this episode, welcome. Hope you found it helpful. Hope it gives you something that you can use going forward. Um, or if you know somebody who you think uh, might value from um, having a bit more insight and resource, then by all means, uh, let them know about the program. Um, but uh, if you also want to continue to support the program, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review as it helps uh, the reach of the program, and I'm really passionate about getting relational education out um, to as many people as possible. And also, the show is available on Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and a few other kind of places as well. Um, and uh, also at the website, emergentraining.com.au. Feel free to drop by um, if you've got um, an areas of interest episode wise. Let us know if I feel I can pop something out on it that that's in some way might help, then I'll give that a go. Um, and also there's the YouTube series, the Sean Healy Relationship Resourcing Series, where I look at some of these uh, topics as well, slightly different approach, um, and also through the medium of YouTube. Um, but uh, I, uh, apart from that, thank you for listening. I wish you every success in your relationships going forward. Um, so till, till next time, Bye for now.